It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA, from the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down. Break it all down. The stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. With your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Did the president's speech in response to Iran's attack satisfy you? Upon further review, there were casualties from the Iranian airstrike and how that might play out in Congress. But first... Give us your bottom line. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA, 547-1610. The number if you'd like to get involved. Also via email, 610-KONA.com. Bottom line page, name where you're listening and what you'd like to say. And we're on Twitter as well, bottom line, 610. Before we go down this road, uh, again, special thanks uh, last half hour to Steve Graff, um, he doesn't enjoy the spotlight a whole lot, and uh, so we really appreciate uh, him joining us on the news uh, earlier this week that he's uh, stepping down as the Chiawana head coach. Legendary coach. I mean, his his yeah. his not just the win totals, not just the champion championships, but the reaction once he made his announcement from wow. all the former players. I saw it. And I mean, there were there were guys that hadn't played for him for years, saying, "Oh, congratulations, coach! Good for you! You earned it!" Stuff like that. And to me, that's a real testament. Sure, if you are a coach, a teacher, somebody who has influence over a young person's life and in their development, that's that's the real thing. And for a guy that doesn't like the spotlight, he, he better start working on his speech for the Central Washington Hall of Fame. <laughs> I so would imagine. But he, I, he, he, he's going to need to start working on, on that. But the, the one thing I thought was interesting that that Coach said when he was in here, and, and I think it there's a lot of people, I think, that are like this, that they do something because they love to do it. They do something because they're passionate about it. They do something because they they have a calling to do it and they have an ability to do it. And they don't look at it from an aspect of what what it is that they're doing. I mean, when when he turned around and said that my wife and I disagreed on that this would be a big deal, <laughs> that that tells you the mindset of Steve Graff as a head football coach. It's not that I'm... You know, Steve Graff, the head football coach at Chiawana High School, a perennial 4A power in Washington State. I'm Steve Graff. I'm a football coach, and I and I coach high school, and I, and I teach high school, too. Yeah. He doesn't see himself the way other people see him, mm-hmm. and I think that's a testament to him as well and probably a significant reason why he has been as successful as he has because he has not let it go. Uh, not, 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 he's kept the ego in check. Big shoes to fill, no doubt. Oh, and, uh, sh- uh, you know, we'll... <laughs> we, we saw, we, we've seen what happened trying to fill those shoes at Pasco. Yeah. It's taken a long time for the program to, to, to start coming back. The the shoes in Chiawana are going to be big to fill. Even if he does have confidence in Steve Bond to step in and take it, Steve Bond's not Steve Graff. Yeah. And so it's still going to be a, a, a big shoes to fill. Um, no doubt. Certainly. So 
But we well, want to congratulate Coach on his career and wish him the best in retirement. Yes. Well earned. And I'm sure that you'll still probably see him occasionally on a Friday night. You might. you might. You might. But not between like three and five. Because no. apparently he wants to go home That's at three shop o'clock. Time. That's shop time. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Anyway, had to had to kind of put a bow on that. Certainly. Five four seven one six ten. if you want to get involved in the program. Um, our poll question from yesterday at Bottom Line 610 was this. Should the city councils in Pasco, Kennewick, Richland, and West Richland consider a local income tax ban? Spokane, Spokane Valley, and Granger have all passed one. It's been quiet on the Tri-Cities mm-hmm. front as far as that's concerned. 13.5% said no. No, they didn't want. No, that a local income tax ban shouldn't be considered. 86.5% of our respondents said yes. Mm-hmm. A local income tax ban should be considered by the city councils in this area. And... Um, as we mentioned yesterday, um, a reliable source told me that the votes aren't there in the city of Kennewick for a local income tax ban. I haven't reached out to those with um, maybe similar knowledge in Richland and Pasco as of yet, but I'll be doing so to kind of gauge and see where those two cities may be. Yeah. But it'll be interesting. Yeah. And I'll tell you what right now. I had a few phone calls after we were off the air yesterday from people saying, what do you mean? <laughs> and that there are people that are planning to attend their local city council meetings in the near future to bring this subject up. So, Well, you know what? If, if anything else, that's good. You know, we, we appreciate the engagement of our show, but the real action is the engagement at those city council, commissioner Absolutely. meetings, school board meetings, you know, whatever it is, get, you know, bring that passion to that venue and uh, and you'll be able to to accomplish a lot more. So, yeah, I mean, if if our discussion leads to more people uh, paying more attention and, and getting engaged locally in politics. Perfect. Next year's election year. It is. It is. For city council. That it is. So, you know, mm-hmm. we know some people are more concerned about that than others. <laughs> Just a few. Just a few. Five four seven one six ten. the number to get involved. So uh, thanks to everybody for weighing in on yesterday's poll question. Of course, uh, we've got a lot coming up, Ed. We've got a lot coming up. Legislati- mm-hmm. Legislative session begins on Monday. On Monday. Uh, we will be in Olympia on the 30th doing our show live from the state capitol. Uh, Tri-Cities Legislative Day just happens to be that day. And if you are interested in attending, uh, you can visit the Regional Chamber's website and find out information on how you could be in Olympia uh, for Tri-Cities Legislative Day. Um, But we'll be doing three hours live. We've already got uh, quite a lineup of lawmakers that are going to join us uh, from the studios at the Capitol Building in Olympia. this, this This is exciting. I mean, this is pretty exciting. Yeah, it'll be fun, and uh, and, and it'll be interesting, you know, it, uh, to to be over there when when uh, all that is going on. What was interesting along those lines in Olympia today uh, was that the Associated Press they do this every you know usually a week or two before the legislative session, and they did it again today, and they bring together a panel 
of lawmakers, including the governor, who comes in later, but basically the party leaders from each, you know, of the chambers. So the, the, the whole four corners thing, right? And they talk about, you know, the priorities and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, it from the legislators' standpoint, not a whole lot of interesting things. I mean, there's, you know, a new Speaker of the House, uh, but not not a whole lot of, you know, super interesting things until the governor got up, and, which I found fascinating because he released his um, requested budget supplemental. or supplemental budget that, uh, you know, request you know, to to have lawmakers consider. He he did that before the break. So like beginning mid-December, something like that. So he was talking about some of those things and he reiterated the point uh, that homelessness is a high priority, which I found interesting on on many fronts. Apparently, climate change is no longer a high priority for him, uh, but homelessness and I'm not trying to make light of homelessness I mean it is a it is a big deal no matter what community you live in and he kept using the term crisis okay homelessness crisis we have a crisis in the state of Washington and we we know from his supplemental budget we talked about this before that he wants lawmakers to dip into the rainy day fund the emergency fund for this emergency crisis of homelessness. And he's laid out a plan to basically bring people indoors. Apparently, there were some snowflakes falling, and I'm not talking about the political ones, the actual snowflakes that were falling on the west side today. And they've they've had some snow over there, and things are starting to turn cold over here, right? The weather is changing. So the homelessness issue is kind of front and center, even more so in the cold weather, right? One of the media members in attendance, and I, I, I don't know if he was serious or playing devil's advocate. I don't really care because he asked the governor, if this is a crisis, if you keep calling this a crisis, this is an emergency where you are willing to dip into the rainy day fund, the emergency fund. Why have you not deployed the National Guard to go build tents put up whatever is needed, you know, the, the you know, the, the small houses, whatever it is. Why haven't you deployed the National Guard? It don't isn't that under your purview to do that? And the governor's answer was uh No. Uh, no. He said our plan is a sound one. We don't need to do that. Well you keep calling it an emergency. You know, if, if people are stranded in a flood you deploy the National Guard. if And that's an emergency. That's a crisis. If you're calling homelessness in the state of Washington an emergency and a crisis, and the weather's turning cold, and it's snowing in the Puget Sound in Olympia, why aren't you deploying the National Guard to help those poor people? Uh, and it, Exactly. Uh, exactly. So uh, he kind of backed off money a little bit. He backed off. I, I, I found it fascinating. I know we have to take a commercial break. We're a little bit behind. I found the exchange fascinating. Again, I don't know if it was meant to 
trip the governor up or if oh, this, he wasn't expecting it. Or, you can know that well, you tell that. Or or if the media person was a little bit further left than even the governor and wanted him to do something right now, like deploy the National Guard. More after this. Join the show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Back to the bottom line with Robin Ed, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610, KONA. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610, KONA, 547-1610, if you would like to get involved in the program. There you go. Got me speechless. I don't know what that was. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering that, too. Every once in a while, something happens that makes us stop and go, hmm. And yes, it, it's, it's happened. Um, but um, Monday, big day here. Not because the legislative session is beginning, but because the damn workshop people and when I say that, I mean DAM. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll be <laughs> well, in we'll town. We'll see if they yeah. want to add an N you, or you, not. You could add another letter if you like. Uh, they'll be in town at the Red Line at Pasco for the uh, the Snake River Dam workshop. Uh, there are a number of rallies that are being proposed or being planned beginning at 3 o'clock in the afternoon to let them know exactly how important the dams and the survival of the Snake River dams are to this area. Um Recently, 30 utility companies across the state all banded together and said the Snake River dams are vital, vital to Washington State because of what they produce. Vital Mm -hmm. to Washington State. That's 30 utilities. That's not like just Benton PUD and Franklin PUD and BPA. No, it's it's 30 around the state. Some on the west side as well. Oh, understand. the west yeah. side? Some of the, oh, now we'll, we'll listen. We'll, we'll, we'll remember, remember, <laughs> remember. The people that actually understand what we're discussing on the west side know the value of the Snake River dams. Those that, that, that think that, the entire salmon population of the state comes up the Snake River uh, that think that dumping hundreds of tons of human waste into the Puget Sound doesn't have an impact, uh, and those that think all of the uh, opioids that wind up in the water as well don't have an impact on the orchid. Yeah, no, it's just the entire salmon population of Washington State comes up the Snake River, and they can't get through those dams, so so we have to tear them down so that the orchid can survive. Yeah. Those are the people that don't understand. They may understand that their energy bills go through the roof, but, you know, they, they right now they don't understand. Um, they can try to feed themselves to the orchid. That might help, but... It would certainly help us, but at the same time, um, you won't be allowed to comment publicly. We we mentioned that a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go to a website and put your comment in, and if there's time, they'll read it. But but I'm going to be very interested in hearing the response afterwards. And it, you know, if we if we do see one. I'll be very interested in hearing the response afterwards to how they feel their trip to the Tri Cities went because I'm 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 just got this feeling 
Well, I have a feeling it's going to be like a Giants fan going to an Eagles game. <laughs> it's always about football with you. But seriously, I mean, think about this. <laughs> they're, they're coming in to, to a territory that these dams are extremely important, and their goal is to find a way to take them away. That yeah. that says to me that your reception is going to be chilly at best, regardless of what the temperature is outside. <clears throat> so I can't help but wonder if they're going to go back and we're going to hear comments from from these individuals on this workshop. The Tri-Cities is the worst place in Washington, D.C. They're horrible people. They're just rotten people. They're stupid. They don't know anything. They're miserable human beings. We need to take those dams out just to eradicate their existence. They're rotten people. <laughs> they don't belong to live in Washington State. I, I'm seeing this happening on the way out. They're going to be petrified to come in here in the first place. Yeah, they probably weren't too excited when we were added to the list. Oh, no, they weren't. Oh, my gosh, they weren't. Knowing full well that the amount of people that were going to be there that certainly opposed the taking out of the dams was going to be a lot more than Lewiston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Clarkston. Clarkston. Yeah. A lot more than Clarkston. A lot more than Clarkston. And we heard the reason why Clarkston was put on the list. Yeah. So the tribes. That's right. Well, I, I get that. There's a, there's some tribes around here, too. But is it possible that, that the voice of the tribes here wouldn't be as loud as the voice of the residents? And that's why they didn't want to do it here? I don't know. I mean, it's possible. It is. I mean, the fact that the first choice, when it was down to the final two, and they said Clarkston over the Tri-Cities, tells me all I needed to know. They didn't want to come here. That's right. They wanted nothing to do with the Tri-Cities. They wanted people to agree with them in their bubble, which is why they picked Clarkston. I mean... We're good people here. This is a nice place. We get 300 days of sunshine. The golfing's great. Why we, wouldn't they want to come here? We want to be able to live our life the way it is. We don't want a panel put together by a drooler to tell us that we can't live our life the way we want to. Because the fish which have a 97% survival rate, by the way, going through the dams. Those fish have to feed other fish, and they're more important than the way of life of over a half a million people just in this surrounding area. So I think that's kind of where the testiness comes in. Could be. Could be a small part of the testiness. That you want to tell us that the orca is more important than us? That our way of life means less than that of an orca that's eating opioid-induced fish anyway because you can't stop dumping your dookie into the Puget Sound? Did you just say dookie? I believe I did. Oh. So all the things that are getting dumped in the sound... To go with the plastics and everything else, you know, yeah. That, that, that has no effect on the orc at all. It's the Tri-Cities and their dams. That's the problem. 
I'm, you know, I'm gone. I mean, I will be there Monday night. I just, I hope I don't come out of it any dumber than I already am. <laughs> five four seven one six ten. Back after this. Speak your piece. Call five zero nine five four seven one six ten. More of the bottom line presented by Summit Funding and Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio six ten K O N A. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610 K18547-1610. If you would like to get involved in the program and via email 610K18.com, bottom line page, your name, where you're listening, what you'd like to say. And we're on Twitter as well at bottom line 610. If you're thinking about making a change with your insurance, you want more protection, you want to pay a little bit less, or you want to look and see what's out there, first place to go is Jason Hogue with American Family Insurance on Road 68 in Pasco. You can see everything under the American Family Insurance umbrella by going to his website, jasonhogue.com. A lot of people concerned about safety. American Family Insurance has safe driver programs for adults and teens, not to mention small business owners. They've got their own toolbox to help you maximize your small business and maximize the coverage you can get from American Family Insurance. They've been doing farm insurance for over 90 years. Contact Jason Hogue today with American Family Insurance, Road 68 in Pasco, or visit his website, jasonhogue.com. So the president um, gave a speech to the nation yesterday morning in regards to the Iran attacks. Now, this was before the information came out that it was Iran that took down the Ukrainian airliner with a stray missile, not uh, an engine malfunction, though usually when the missile does hit the plane, the engine malfunctions. Um, but that's the Iranian line still, it was an engine malfunctions, mechanical issues. Yeah. Everybody else's intelligence is saying, you, one of your missiles went way off course and you took the plane down. Um, I thought what the president said yesterday morning was pretty pointed. I thought that he, uh, I thought that he stayed the course that he had laid out for the most part in dealing with Iran. I also think it was very fair of him to point out uh, when Iran's escalation escalations began, and that was when they started receiving pallets full of money, compliments to the previous administration. Uh, But I also thought it was interesting he pointed out how many acts of aggression Iran had committed against the United States and U.S. interests before he responded. And what was the line that was crossed when he responded? There was one significant difference between all those other events and when the president finally decided it was time to respond. There was a U.S. casualty. Up until the attack that killed the U.S. contractor, who was Iraqi-born, by the way, and became a U.S. citizen, there were no U.S. casualties involved in any of those previous attacks by Iran. They blew up a refinery. They you know, went after a couple other things. But there were no U.S. casualties. This was a U.S. casualty. So the president responded and took out General Soleimani. Up until that point, he did not respond with any military action. And he reiterated a couple of things in that speech. One, that Iran would never get a nuclear weapon while he was president. And two, that he will defend American citizens, American contractors, and American assets against terrorists and attackers. It's pretty laid out pretty clear that this is this is the mindset. 
Now, what many people speculated with the attack is 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 accurate, and that is this was Iran's attempt to save face. Um, as to the early warnings, there were rumors that there actually was communication from Iran via a proxy that these attacks were coming. And so we're going to do this because we have to save face. So get everybody out so nobody dies. and You don't turn us into a parking lot. Um, I thought I was the alternative theory. Uh, like I said, rumors yeah. that, that Iran actually well, I, seen the same thing. Yeah, but communicated, I, you know, uh, that they were going to attack these bases and to make sure that there were no Americans around because if they killed another American, there'd be no Iran left. Um, and so that this was a way that they could go on television and say, they don't scare us, blah, 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 blah. And President Trump could look at it and go, okay, minimal damage done, no lives lost, have your moment. Yeah. But by doing this, Iran made the first de-escalation move because they didn't target anything significant, nor did they take away anything significant that the U.S. had in operation. True. And that's where the story would have ended. Yes. Except for the down jetliner that by by most accounts, I mean, look, I'm a conspiracy theorist and I'm always looking for you know, I'm looking probably too hard for for alternative things sometimes. And I admit that I I don't get the sense that this was deliberate. I think that it was accidental. Yeah, either I I think I think that a plane entered their airspace and the military of Iran shot it down without first trying to figure out if it was a commercial airliner or, you know, the Americans responding or whoever responding. You know, I it's but but see, here's the thing. Will there be any kind of response? Well, if there is somebody from America. Well, no. Um, there were a lot of Canadians on there. There were a lot of Iranians, but we know the Iranian people aren't going to stand up to their government. And, and well, they what, have been standing up to their government. They've just been getting killed for doing right, so. Right, that's the point. Um, you know, Ukraine. I mean, are are they? You know, there were there are a handful of Ukrainian folks on it. The biggest hit came from Canada, and outside I, of outside of Iran, outside yeah. of Iran. Look. I know Justin Trudeau is a tough guy now that he has a beard and a mustache, but but to hear him talk, I was all, I was waiting for him to somehow say sorry. Oh, I I agree with you completely. The that way it was, he was oh, talking, no, sorry, it was our fault. No, I was actually waiting for him to say, "Well, sorry that there were sixty nine Canadians on that plane. We didn't mean for them to be on that plane. Uh, we meant for them to be on another plane. We apologize that we put them on there and that it made you look bad." Yeah. I know, and, and I mean, I, it it kills me to say something like that, but you know, it's true. Trudeau it, is a wet noodle. He, he you know, I, I'm going to Canadian hell for saying this. He is not his father, and he was only elected because of his father's name. Oh, he's he's nothing close. That's right. No, he has no spine. None, none whatsoever. He's he's playing the game, and uh, he, he's Canada's be, version of Obama. He has no spine, even less. Even wow. less. Even less. Wow. I, no, I mean, if you it, it, look, I've been following what's going on politically up north of the 49th parallel, and it's it it, it saddens me. It's it's really, you know, it, it's it's one thing to 
you know, want to be everybody's friend. I mean, everybody loves Canada, right? And, you know, kind of that pacifist attitude. It's, you know, Canada's, you know, Canada gets invited to all the parties because it's fun and, you know, all that kind of thing. It's not confrontational. But when things go sideways, look, you know, plenty of Canadians died in World War II and other conflicts with the Allies. They've, you know, they put forth uh, their, you know, their young men and women In, to, in times of conflict, they, they've, done, they've done their share. They don't go looking for fights. But it, it's one thing to have that attitude, which I don't necessarily disagree with. It's another to look scared, look vulnerable. And, you know, look, a lot of people thought Obama was like that in his presidency, that, that we looked weak under him. Trudeau is weaker. Trudeau is weaker, and there will be zero response. What I'm interested in seeing, though, is how much of a mix of response from the public in Canada. Uh, look, if, if the just, just Canadians the, blaming Trump for Canadians dying. Sure, there were, but there were also a lot of Canadians that have stood up already and say. Even if it was an accident, we have to hold Iran accountable. They're not saying go and you know, fire nukes into Tehran, but they, you know, they say there should be some response, you know, from Canada. Look, you shot down an airline, airline, you're not even really taking responsibility for it. You said it was an engine malfunction, making Boeing look bad again, like they needed more garbage on them. Take it, you know, take your lumps, even if it's economic sanctions, something, anything. There's plenty of Canadians that are saying that uh, today, but nothing will come. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, what, if anything, comes about. But, you know, the, the Canadian leadership will do zero, zero. And, and that is, it's a tragedy, but it's even, the, tra the tragedy becomes even bigger for those families that lost people, whether they were Ukrainian, Iranian, Canadian, doesn't matter, because this is going to get swept under the rug as much as it can be. And all those lives were lost for nothing, for a mistake, a big, big mistake where nobody's going to be held accountable for. And the, the, the affected governments, Canada, Ukraine, Iran, are, are going to it's going to be all forgotten in a couple of days. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from today? Hey, guys, it's Chris. Hi, Chris. Hey, correct me if I'm wrong. Is this not the second Ukrainian airliner to be shot down by a SAM missile that belongs to the Russians? I think you are correct, yes. Within the last two years, maybe? Yeah, yeah. You're, um, yeah, you're correct. And, but, but I mean, is Ukraine, I, Ukraine's been battling with, you know, with Russia, Russia but do they, do they try to hold Iran accountable? Yeah, you know, uh, if it was the United States... Whoever gave him the gun is going to be liable. Well, I appreciate the call, but as we know, Ukraine is not the United States. There, there isn't, there isn't another country like the United States, uh, for better or for worse. I guess yeah. <laughs> five four seven one six ten five zero nine five four seven one six ten. If you'd like to email us, you can do so by going to our website six ten k o n a dot com. Go to the bottom line page and send us your question or your comment. Final segment of the show coming up. The bottom line. 
the only place that cares what you think. Call in now, 509-547-1610. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610 K1A, 547-1610 to get involved. Final few minutes on your Thursday afternoon. Um, so in response to the president's actions, Congress uh, discussed taking actions of their own. They did that a little bit earlier today as we were going on the air. Um, the House of Representatives was voting on Nancy Pelosi's War Power Act. Um, the vote did go as you would have expected, 224 to 194. Uh, eight Democrats voted no. Six of them are freshmen in swing districts. Two of them are longtime blue dogs. Three Republicans voted in favor, and Justin Amash, who's watching the tick, tick, ticking of his time in Congress, passed by, voted in favor of the measure as well. 224-194 was the vote. Resolution, by the way, is non-binding. Correct. It is not a law. No, it's it's basically, it's more or less a message. Yes, it's a mes- message to say that the Democrats um, are uh, upset at the uh, death of Qasem Soleimani, who was responsible for the deaths of hundreds of Americans and more of his own people. Uh, they rebuked that. Basically, it was a resolution to rebuke that decision um, because he didn't talk to them first, which he doesn't have to. Um, well, as I as I mentioned before, I don't. You know, there's been a lot of funny memes out there about how much the Democrats like this this uh, murderous general. I don't know that it's so much about that as it, as it is. They are trying to stop anything that Trump does that could be perceived as positive. They do not want to get him reelected. They didn't want him elected in the first place, and they've been spending the last three years trying to remove him from office, and now they're, look, they're more fearful than anything. To me, that's the bottom line. The Democrats in Washington, D.C. are fearful. They are afraid that Trump will get reelected, they are afraid to take military action to take out a general, a, a, you know, a, a military general who is responsible for hundreds, if not thousands, of killings, because they're afraid of what Iran might do to us. They're they're afraid to well, rock I mean, the boat. Do anything to us? They're they are afraid. They that that's I, I'm not saying that's a that's a correct way to look at it, but. They again, they are they are letting their emotions dictate. They are afraid of what might happen. I think they're less afraid of what might happen and more about what they want us to be. They want us to be like everybody else. Yes. They don't want America There's to that. be America. They want us to be like everybody else. They want us to be like France and Germany. They want us to be that way. They that's they want our mindset to be globalist. They want mm-hmm. us to be all under Soros. 
That's sure. what they want. That That's what they want. So when they see things like this, they don't like it because we are asserting our might and we are protecting our assets instead of just gladly giving them over to the United Nations. And pallets of money. Absolutely. See, I don't remember Democrats looking to pass a war powers resolution when Barack Obama bombed Libya, do you? No. And, no. and, and by the way, if you go back and you look throughout the Obama administration, if you go from the time of FDR through Barack Obama, you'll find one thing. Nobody used the military to author strikes more often than Barack Obama since FDR. But there weren't any war power resolutions coming from Democrats then. No. No, exactly. There weren't. So they're hypocrites. They're absolutely screaming hypocrites. And their absolute 100% political motivation gets more and more blatant every single day. They don't truly care about anything other than their agenda. You go back to George W. Bush, because, you know, that to me, that was a seminal moment when we went after Iraq, you know, 9-11, the Iraq and all that stuff. You know, there was no technical declaration of war. We called it a quote unquote war on terrorism uh, right off the bat. In fact, the President Bush, W. Bush said that started using war on terror. You didn't see. And yes, he was a Republican, I'm told um, that he wasn't getting a parade of Democrats at the time demanding that, you know, he they, they didn't want him doing it. But there wasn't this call to change the War Powers Act and, and all this other stuff that they're doing. You know, it's it's like, you know, they, they've notched it up so much uh, with with Trump. And, and again, I just I go back to why. I mean, I have a good reason or a good thought as to why. But that's to me, that's that's what it all boils down to right now is is the track record over the last three years and moving forward is Democrats are afraid of what Trump will do or what another country will do to us because of a move Trump has made. They are afraid that he'll get reelected, what he might do in another four years. There are two whether, countries. Whether, you know, everybody had these, you know, the America was just going to circle the drain once he got uh, you know, it put into office. No, we did that for eight years. Well, it didn't happen, but yet there is this grand fear, and, it, Look, you know, everybody on the Democratic side is pushing that and making the people, at least half of them, think the same thing. There are two countries on the face of this planet that have the p- possible, possible capabilities of doing significant damage to us. One of them is China. And the other might be Russia. And the only reason why I say might be Russia is because I would think at this point in time, the majority of Russia's nuclear stockpile that's remaining probably needs some equipment upgrades. So maybe they're getting it from China. I don't right now. I think Russia has some stuff, but does it work? That's the question. China's the only one that could do anything to us. And China's got their own problems. They're right now basically on a on a on a purge of any and all religions in the country. The only religion that China wants in the country is the religion of communism. They are blowing it. They are absolutely Buddhism, Taoism, Christianity. It doesn't matter. They're going to town and wiping out all religion throughout the country. So they've got their own things they're working on right now. They're not worried about attacking us. And we're not going after any interests that China currently has either. 
So they're, they're in no rush to do anything with us. They're, they're still suffering from the trade war that we've had the upper hand on for 18 months. That's all for the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. Don't go anywhere. We'll check all your news, weather, and traffic on the afternoon report.